0: Hello, welcome back to the Life and podcast. I want to talk about a couple of watches that we got in for our watch store. Um, tell you sort of why we decided to get these pieces and honestly just talk about uh, vintage watches for a little while. Um, recently, I <clears throat> kind of went on one of those rabbit holes that you do where you are on YouTube and you start jumping around between videos and have the unique opportunity of hearing sort of what people have to say about watches that they have in their collection, or the state of the watch industry, um, and, uh, you know, it kind of just gets you excited to, to talk about watches, and so I wanted to talk about a couple of watches that I have, uh, that we've gotten in, there's going to be some more coming in over the next couple of uh, weeks and days, days and weeks, um, but I wanted to talk about the ones that I have right now. Um, because I think it's a pretty unique place uh, to to be when you have you know watches coming in and out every single week, um, and um, some interesting stories that's kind of attached with some of these pieces. Um, so the um, if you don't know, I I I have a website uh, called Life on the Wrist. We basically I basically talk about watches in video format, podcast format, but also all over our social media platforms and um it's uh it's certainly a um a fun thing to do especially when you are into vintage watches because there are so many people out there that um have so much knowledge about um all of these uh all of these um different pieces that you can get your hands on and um you know the variety of vintage watches out there is so great um it's it truly is um such a such a broad um such a broad uh sort of industry that you can be interested in and it allows you to sort of experience a lot of different types of watches so i mentioned that i was going on i was on youtube recently and um <clears throat> uh, i spent some time uh watching some of the videos and if you don't if you haven't seen I, I encourage you to check out swiss watch gang on instagram but also on um youtube because they he makes some really great videos and i i watched one with uh pierre biver uh, which was a really fun video to to hear about you know you got to i got some insight into sort of his collecting philosophy and and the the future of the jean-claude biver uh, brand that hopefully will be launching very soon it was quite interesting to hear that you know they're going to be launching a mini repeater uh, as one of their first pieces, and they're really speaking with retailers to you know um start sort of having people fill um fill orders which is quite exciting um but you know hearing him talk about it and hearing him talk about some of the vintage watches that that uh you know he's curated for his father's collection is is quite interesting to to sort of hear about and so um moving from there i sort of you know obviously we have watches coming in every week but i wanted to discuss some of the pieces that we have we've gotten in and and um sort of give you my thoughts on them so the first piece is a um a really beautiful um uh, longines it's um it's a Longines stainless steel longines manual wind watch from the 1950s um and if you, if you want a, a, a quality stainless steel piece, Longines makes uh, some of the best. They have such incredible variety in the pieces that they make. They made in, in, in the 50s and 60s, um, which allows you to really explore whatever sort of taste you have for, for the watches that you're interested in. The piece that I have is, like I said, from the 1950s. It's a time only piece, hours, minutes, and seconds hand, with a white dial and stainless steel case it comes on um a stretch bracelet which i would 100% get you know replace with some some sort of leather if you're interested in this this type of piece um it's literally like a like a blank canvas and um so the the watch has sword hands with sword hour markers that are applied there's a applied longines logo um the watch itself is about uh 30, 33 and a half four, 34 millimeters in diameter which sounds small to some people but um, I think 34 millimeters is oftentimes overlooked as something too small when really it's it's a beautiful size Um it has quite quite long lugs but what's really what I really love about this is if you take a look at the lugs you can actually see uh, a nice bevel where you can see the different sort of angle at which the lugs were polished, which I think is really cool on this piece. The watch is running off of the uh, caliber 23ZS, which is a very famous uh, manual wine movement from Longines. Um, It is a a movement that um, many collectors are very interested in because it was sort of revolutionary in... um, uh the, uh the coming about of of the um of of uh, longines and sort of the transitional period um of of uh, of the brand so post world war 2 uh, this this movement was um developed and there were uh, many many movements that did come out um but this one was produced one of the ones that was produced it's a central second pivot sweeping seconds movement um that uh was manufactured after world war 2 and the predecessor of the uh of this movement was the 10.68Z which um is a phenomenal movement introduced in 1925 but is sort of the uh, movement that uh many of the um many of the incredible watches of this era um used it was a little bit more expensive uh when when you compared it to um, the um, the other movements in in um, it, that were produced by by Longines at the time and so um i got a chance to to take the um to um to take the uh, case back off of um of this piece and, and take a look at the movement and it's in um in my opinion phenomenal condition um a it hasn't aged too you know too badly it's it's um really really nice it was introduced in um 1948 and it replaced it was a replacement for the um 23m uh, it essentially was a way for longines to try and create thinner watches and was mainly used in the us market um there are certain amounts that of these that were uh, produced um and um i think there were only about uh, only a couple of them that were produced so um used in the 19 through the 1950s um and then sort of replaced in the in the later times of um of the uh the 1950s is when it was sort of replaced um really really um well produced movement actually has a decent amount of finishing to it which is quite interesting um you don't su- you know i think a decent amount of finishing i'd say for a, a relatively frequently used piece um but like i said a really really nice um movement uh on its own i love this piece because i think it allows you to kind of get playful with straps and and what you can what you can wear this piece on it's um stainless steel so you don't have to worry about precious metals it's relatively affordable so if you are looking for something that is you know, you can you can trade in and out, you can experience different types of straps. Um if you have a certain leather strap that you really love, I think it's a wonderful opportunity for you to sort of experience that. And um yeah, just a just a really clean, clean, beautiful piece. So that's the longines um that that, that we were able to get in. I'll put a link in the show notes to all these watches that we're gonna talk about. Um the next piece I wanted to talk about is a from a brand that uh, perhaps y- you don't um interact with a lot and, you know I haven't had too many pieces from this brand on the on the website but I do think that they in terms of vintage watches um are up there when it comes to value and that is um uh, Gerard Perrego um they make phenomenal uh, pieces this you know during um during uh Sort of the vintage era of this of this uh, this company. The watch I have today is the reference 9091, which is a um, double crown alarm wristwatch from Girard Perregaux from the 1970s. If you know me, you know that I think the alarm complication is one of the greatest values that you can get in vintage watches. It, Utilizes a hammer complication, which is very similar to the repeating movements of other watches that, that are very desired by collectors. I'm a huge proponent from the for the uh, LeCoultre or Jaeger-LeCoultre um, memo boxes or wrist alarms, and uh, obviously Gerald Perregaux has something very similar in the watch that, that I am looking at today. Uh, again, link in the show notes to this um, to this piece. So, like I mentioned, it's a reference ninety ninety one. From the 1970s, it's 35 millimeters in diameter, but has a real 70s K shape that is sort of ovular, squarish, roundish. It's it's really beautiful, quite long, and uh, similar to the longines that I just spoke about. You can see some nice beveled edges on these crowns, which give you gives you a sort of different angle on the on the crown compared to um, just having something quite flat. Gives it quite a bit bit of depth. The watch itself, like I said, is stainless steel, um, 35 millimeters in diameter, 18 millimeter lug width, double crown, so the one on the top is obviously the one for your um, alarm complication and the one on the bottom is your hours uh, or your time. The way that this alarm complication works is it actually has a a window towards uh, between, um, I guess, above where the six... Where the uh, five, six, and seven hour markers are, that indicates the time at which you want the alarm to go off, and you can use the crown to set the specific time that you're interested in having the alarm go off at, and um, the hammer goes away, goes at it once you've wound the the top crown. Um, I really find this watch quite interesting because when I open up the case back to inspect the movement with my watchmaker, um, the the case back actually is a two has two parts to it it has an outer ring and then a almost like a shield which was quite cool to sort of experience complications are hours minutes seconds and then obviously the alarm complication it's running on the uh, manual caliber gp11 which is a uh, the caliber of um, the caliber movement that Gerard used in their alarm complications during this era. It's a modification off of another movement, not too much finishing to it, but still a very beautiful movement. For me, uh, like I said, I think the value that you're getting for this complication is uh, second to none. Um, I think that these are watches that will eventually become more noticeable by, by people, uh, by collectors. Uh, if they aren't already quite noticeable um out there it really is a, a beautiful complication the watch is uh, has this sort of slate gray uh sunburst gray dial to it that has some really cool um sort of spotting on it which i think is it looks nice in some specific lights um Again, just a, a real phenomenal piece that you're, you're looking at here. What's really cool is both of these pieces that I've discussed are, are stainless steel. And I think for vintage watches, you know, buying precious metals can be expensive, but buying um, steel watches are maybe a little bit less expensive, but also tremendously versatile. So I have the on a on a mesh bracelet, but you could easily swap this out for something with a little bit more color, a little bit more pop to to um i don't know bring bring a different dimension for this watch out the same goes for the longines um, which i think is another great example of a clean watch that um that allows you to sort of experience other different straps so those are the two watches that we've we've recently got in i think i've got something coming in this week as well that, that will be interesting i'll talk about it on the next podcast for sure I did want to also just um, mention, we still have um, a watch that I've spoken about previously on the channel, which is the LeCoultre Master Mariner 1200 uh, automatic watch from from JLC. This watch is, um, in my mind, um, quintessential JLC. Beautiful, um, beautiful uh, case design, beautiful dial layout um with a bumper movement uh in, inside of it it 's the caliber the Lecultra eight eight zero um which is um uh, i think regarded pretty highly in in Le um history uh ten carats gold filled case it really can't go wrong with with what i 'm you know this this piece that i 'm looking at i've posted it plenty of times on instagram because it 's very hard to take off my wrist. Um, so be sure to check it out on Instagram, but there'll also be a link in the show notes to uh, this specific watch. If you are interested in seeing more pi- pictures and reading more about it, um, I will uh, put put links to all of it, all of that uh, information in the um, in the show notes. So it's kind of nice when you when you have a, a small selection of watches that you can choose from uh, every morning to to put on your wrists and enjoy a different part of watchmaking or a different era of watchmaking. Um, like I mentioned, all these watches are for sale, so if you are interested in checking these watches out, um, there will be links in the show notes to all of them. If you want to see some more pictures of these pieces that other than the, watch, the images that you'll see on the on the website, um, head over to our Instagram. We post basically daily there, so I'd love to um, share those pictures with you over there. If you are new to Life on the Wrist, be sure to follow this podcast if you like these types of podcasts. I discuss multiple topics within the watch world, um, and so if you want to get more of that be sure to stick around if you are not following us on our youtube channel our website or any of our social medias be sure to head over to the show notes where there'll be links to all of that information for you to follow us and if you are feeling generous and wouldn't mind reading this podcast it really does help us out and helps me adapt these podcasts to the things that you love so be sure to head over to um to whatever podcasting platform you you use and and, um, dropping us a, uh, a review. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to this podcast and I will speak to you soon. Take care.